What's up, citizens, voters, patriots? It's your girl, Kina Zantel, and this is Citizen the Pod. We are taping on location at the New York State Association of Black and Puerto Rican Legislators Conference Weekend, their 48th annual Legislative Caucus Weekend. I was joined by New York State Senator, coming straight out of Brooklyn, Majority Whip Kevin Parker. Stay tuned. Welcome to Citizen the Pod. It's your host, Kina Zantel, and I am geeking out at the moment, and I'm trying to hold my composure for the majority whip of the New York State Senate. This is major. This is so major. Um, For the majority whip of the New York State Senate, Senator Kevin Parker out of Brooklyn. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. Listen, Brooklyn's in the house. Hey, I'm excited. You know, Buffalo and Brooklyn has have a connection. They've been working together um, at the state level for years. So I'm just excited that you gave me a few minutes of your time. I know you're busy. I know you're busy. So we are on location uh, at the New York State Asian, Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic. Legislators, caucus, weekend, meaning all the popping folks got together um, to network, work hard, learn a little something, and then play even harder. So, how you doing this weekend? Are you holding it up? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just good. you know, very very busy. We had a ton of workshops yesterday, a lot mm-hmm. of activities, a lot of constituents and thought leaders and community activists from around the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, descended upon Albany, and we met in various uh, workshops and seminars. And, right. and discussions around a myriad of uh, legislative issues, everything from blockchain technology mm-hmm. uh, to community banking, mm-hmm. women around the business development. Right. Um, I did a, a panel on climate change. There's a, mm-hmm. a number of them on health issues. Right. Um, there was a really some, some couple of really good conversations about black women in leadership yes. uh, going on. A lot of the sororities held um, events, mm-hmm. um, Zeta Phi Beta. Uh, the AKAs, mm-hmm. uh, Sigma Gamma Rho, all had events here. Uh, the Deltas are here very prominently as well. Right. And so it's been a, a busy weekend. Listen, uh, this weekend has been going on for a long time. I believe this is the 48th annual event. So 43rd. 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 Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so for 43 years, we've been getting together, linking up, making sure that as we move through the session that we're all on one accord on issues that are important to minority communities. So I'm just excited to be here and to have this conversation with you. I know you mentioned climate change. Right. And I believe you're the chair mm-hmm. of the Energy and Telecommunications Committee, right? Uh, absolutely. And you did a summit last year on solar energy? Yes. So is there anything that my listeners should know about what they should expect out of your committee this mm-hmm. year, especially since the Democrats are finally in control and we can get some work done? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Well, first, let me just um, say a big appreciation uh, to Latrice Walker, who yes. is the chairperson of the Association of Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, and Asian Legislators. She's the one who puts on this event. Also, we should acknowledge uh, you know, Assemblywoman Tremaine Wright, mm-hmm. who's the chair of the caucus, who actually yes. does the policy work uh, with us. As the chair of the Energy and Telecommunications Committee, mm-hmm. we're really focused on how do we, in fact, create uh, a Green New Deal. Right. 
you know, how do we get to this goal that the governor has put forward mm -hmm. in terms of 100% carbon neutral mm. by 2040? Awesome. And it's something that we can actually get to. It's achievable, but it's right. ambitious. Mm -hmm. And we really have to have our ducks in a row. Right. So I see my, my committee is really trying to figure out how do we both make sure that we have the commodity, mm -hmm. but then also how do we encourage and support the industry. Right. Right. So it's one thing to say, when I turn my, you know, I flip my switch in my house, does my light come on? Right. It's another thing to understand that energy is the sixth largest industry in the entire state of New York. Mm. And so there's jobs associated with that. Right. And there's tax revenue associated with that, too. And we want to make sure that we, we keep the industry and the state healthy right. from on, on both perspectives. And so we're looking at, at really things like, you know, how do we continue to incentivize solar development, mm -hmm. you know, solar voltaic de development, um, wind turbine energy as well well as hydropower, but then also explore some of the emerging markets and things like um, battery storage right. and biodigesters. And one of the new kind of hot things that's going on is development of what they're calling renewable natural gas okay. um, in terms of trying to use methane mm -hmm. as a way um, to, as a bridge fuel okay. as we get these other technologies up and going. Um, but simultaneously, there's things around regulations that we have to change mm -hmm. in order to make these things available, um, but we don't, listen, let me be very clear, we don't get to 100 by 40 unless we literally turn the entire fleet, right, right every single car in the state of New York okay. to be electric. Mm. So okay. electric cars are coming to you very, very soon, so people should check them out because we're going to have to do that if we're going to, in fact, save the planet. Well, everyone is ready to save money on gas or get rid of it, so I'm excited to hear it. I wouldn't consider myself a environmentalist, mm -hmm. but I do care about my environment. I enjoy our resources. I want clean air. I want clean water. So I just think it's important for us to continue a narrative that allows us to talk to people on their like level, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to always sound so smart. I yes. mean, so right now there's a movement to to be anti-education, or they you don't want to be one of those educated folks over there, right? So I just think that as long as we're talking to people on their level right. about issues that are important to you because I know people love to fish people love to use our lakes and when we say those things they're usually a hundred percent on board right. no, 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 you're, you're hitting the, the nail on the head the biggest part of this plan that has not been addressed by anybody mm -hmm. is really getting some of the, the, the key stakeholders particularly the ratepayers mm -hmm. um, educated about what the changes are going to be coming okay. one of the things that we talk a lot about is something called demand response mm -hmm. and that's going to be again mostly around work that individual ratepayers like yourself mm -hmm. and myself are going to have to do right. in our homes. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of doing your laundry at, you know, 12 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, right. you know, it's going to be cheaper for you to do your laundry on a Tuesday night. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And when, when there's less you know, push and less strain yeah. on the grid. Mm -hmm. And so kind of educating people and getting people up to speed on those kind of um, demand mm -hmm. response issues are going to be really an important part of how we go forward. So we've seen Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez promote the Green New Deal on mm -hmm. the federal level, but there's still pushback there. Mm -hmm. But states like New York mm -hmm. and California have been leading the charge to prove that they can you know, create an environment that is welcoming and that still cares about communities, but still care about business as yeah, well. I mean, Why do we have yeah, that pushback? Yeah. Well, again, on the federal level, it's a whole different scenario. Right. And your president, you know, is, is a whole, is a whole trip. <laughs> Not my right? president. As your president, is a whole trip. <laughs> 
But, you know, and I'm glad I, I want to welcome Congresswoman uh, Ocasio-Cortez to the party. Mm -hmm. uh, many of us have been on, on you know, in the in, you know, in the vineyard right. toiling on this thing for years. For years. Ten yes. years ago, I, I drafted a bill um, that was what, what they call a uh, green-collar jobs bill. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have in the state of New York something called cap and trade. We mm -hmm. cap and trade carbon out of utilities. Okay. Right. It's called Reggie, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. Okay. There's funds in that in that program. I took 113 million dollars of those funds and used it to retrofit a million houses over five years. Because mm -hmm. again, part of this this whole um, move to a, a new green deal is also about making houses energy efficient. Okay. Most people's houses have the equivalent of a, a open window in them in terms of the cracks and, okay. and, and, and the seals. And people need to replace their doors, windows, mm -hmm. seal them up, right. and do some things that are around, that make their homes more energy efficient. Right. Again, we've been, we did that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so we're now on our second iteration okay. of that project. What's important about those kind of projects is that not only do they make your homes more energy efficient, mm -hmm. which means that your energy bill is lower. Right. But it also reduces our, our carbon footprint, mm -hmm. as well as creates full-time jobs at a living wage with benefits, nice. which is actually critical for our community. Yes, it is. Because as you're retrofitting those houses, you have to hire people to do that. Yes. And so in this whole thing around climate change, mm -hmm. there's really a lot of economic opportunity, and, and people, particularly in black and Latino communities, have to pay attention to that. Yes. Um, a guy named Van Jones, some of you people know him yes. from CNN. But Van Jones has been talking about this for, for years. For years. He, he was a, a green czar, right? He wrote a at book. He wrote a book called The Green Color. Economy okay. and really said that really we miss we meaning the Black and Latino community miss this opportunity. It's going to be 25 or 30 years before another major opportunity like this comes along right. that creates again full-time jobs at a living wage with benefits. So we got to get on it twice before we miss it once. Mm, nice. All right, folks. So that means pay attention to Senator Parker. Also read the Van Jones book on green energy jobs. Yeah, yeah, check yeah. Check yeah. and check. Okay. okay. Next, what does a majority whip do? I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> People are probably like, well, what's the majority? All these names. It's just so technical. What does a majority whip do? Yeah. So in, in the hierarchy of a legislative body, you mm -hmm. have several people. You have the leader, usually either the speaker in the, in the, like in the assembly, mm -hmm. or in the Senate, we have what's called the majority leader. Right. We have Andres to a cousin's first African-American woman uh, to lead a legislative conference in the history of, yes, of, of the I'm state of New so York. Yes, I'm so excited. Right, so she's our leader. <laughs> right. We have a deputy leader, great guy, Mike Gennaris, yes. super smart Harvard lawyer. Awesome guy. Um, really works hard in the community. Yes, he does. And then um, we have the conference chair, which is Jose Serrano from the Bronx, mm -hmm. and then myself, who's the, who's the majority whip. So the whip position is referred to as the leader's whip. Mm -hmm. And so the whole idea is to create what we call party uh, discipline. Okay. So when the leader needs a, a vote on something mm -hmm. or wants to know where people are, she calls me, I call the members, I try to make sure that we're in line and making sure that we are serving the needs of the members, but mm -hmm. also that the business of the body is also being taken care of. Okay. Oh. Democrats are very hard uh, to <laughs> yes. organize. Yes, they are. We're a big tent. Unlike Republicans, I mean, you know, people always talk about Republican discipline. It's not really discipline, right? right? When they're all the same people. Exactly. Right? It's just a bunch of old white guys yep. in the Republican Party. Easy. So we have blacks, we have Latinos, we have Asians, we have we have straight, we have gay, we have Jews, we have Christians, we have yes. Muslims, all in my party. Mm -hmm. In the state Senate, we've now elected the first Persian-American and a woman named Anna Kaplan from Long Island yes. uh, to be in the Senate. We have the first Indian-American, a guy named Kevin Thomas, uh, also from Long Island, uh, to represent the body. We have Robert Jackson from Inwood in Washington Heights, who's mm -hmm. the first openly Muslim member of the, the Senate. Right? We have you know Jews and, and Christians and 
and so on and so forth. Right. So it's a, and you know, we have a lot of Latino population. Yes, in we fact, do. And, and, and in fact, most of them are not even Puerto Rican anymore. Right. Right. And so it's like, you know, I always say it's like hurting cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but you, but you have to kind of be in the process of working with these people with their interests, not just from a religious or ethnic perspective, but also a regional perspective. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, that's more of a of an issue. So you look at, yes. you know, you know, let's say our Long Island delegation. Mm-hmm. It is more important that they're from Long Island and what they're dealing with from their region mm-hmm. than it is their ethnic or religious or, or, gen, or gender background, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, you know, just having to take into all the, account all of those things and figuring out where we're going to be on, you know, various policies. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, we've had a very, very successful beginning of the yes, year. Yes, you have. Right? We passed um, voting rights. We did women's reproductive health rights. Yes. We passed the you know the Dream Act. Mm-hmm. We did gun reforms. Mm-hmm. We cl- we closed the LLC loophole. Wow. We did gender and got rid of conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. We did child victims act. Yes, you did. You yes. know, and and it keeps coming. We still need to do some big things like criminal justice reform. Right. We also need to address the issue of adult use cannabis. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things in, you know that still have to come up. But we've done a great deal, and I'm very proud of the members of our conference for how well they work together. So I know my listeners are excited to hear about adult use cannabis. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to stress that for you guys who are just excited that New York is moving in a different direction. Different from what other states have done because other states have made it ballot initiatives. We still have to pass legislation. Do you have any idea of when that legislation may come about? Any thoughts? It will be be in the next two years. I'm hoping that we'll get it done by the end of the year. But it is complicated. It is. And uh, there are essentially three parts of it that we got to pay attention to. The first and the most important part for me is the restorative justice part of, of, yes. of adult use cannabis. That is letting people out of jail who have passed convictions on cannabis. Yes. Um, expunging their records. We don't have an expungement rule. We got to create an expungement law. Yes. We got to decriminalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have to put those people at the front of the line for the economic opportunities. Right. We right, then right. also, and then the second part, we also then need to create you know, an, an economic structure that works for everybody. Yes. Um, that includes women of minority business development and making sure that blacks and Latinos, or again, who have been, you know, the, at the at the front end and, and victims of most of the harsh treatment around right. enforcement, again, get economic opportunities in this because right now Wall Street um, and a lot of, other, a lot of <laughs> yeah. majority communities are looking to, to pounce on this and, yes, and take advantage are. of it. And when we did medical marijuana, we've had, we, which we've had about for about three years now, um, we created a, a vertically integrated model, okay. and we need to break that up a little bit and okay. make, let people come in at different. A vertically integrated model means that you have to take it from the weed, sorry, from the seed to the weed, right? right? And that every and that that you have to own all of the the means of production. Right. We need to break that up and let people come in. So if you just want to run a dispensary, then you could do that. If you just want to be a grower, you could do, do that. that. Okay. And if you want to do something in between, you could do those things too. Mm-hmm. And it's create various opportunities in terms of access points to okay. this market. Right. And then lastly, we have to start putting some significant laws to regulate cannabis as a you know, as a controlled substance, right. similar to alcohol. Yes. So it ain't gonna be a free fall. No, it's people not. ain't gonna be able to walk around and be smoking exactly. weed walking down the street like Ex- they're doing now. Right. You're still uh, not gonna be able to go to work high. Right. Like, not, you're right. not, you're not, you're not gonna be able to drive a car high. You're not right. gonna be able to sit in the park and smoke weed. None no. of that stuff is gonna be available. Exactly. So think, so think of the rules around cannabis similar to alcohol. Right. So similar. If you can't do it drunk, you're not gonna be able to do it high. Right. right. So we need to. So people need to pay attention to that. So we touched briefly on. 
on the fact that there are black women in leadership yes. in the Senate, in the Assembly. As you mentioned, Andrew Stewart-Cousins is the majority leader in the Senate. We have our fave, Crystal D. People-Stokes, yes. um, the legend herself yes, out of Buffalo, who's the majority leader um, in the Assembly. It's exciting to see that you're, you're majority whip. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Republicans were in control for so long, and to see that when it was our time, it was the right time. Yeah. And all of the, all of you were in positions and had the leadership chops, the skills, um, the education to do this job and to do it well. How do you feel at such a to be serving right now in such a historic moment? We have Wakanda right here in, in Albany right now, right, right? right in the state of New York. <laughs> this is Wakanda. Like y'all looking for Wakanda? Y'all ain't gotta go nowhere. No, Wakanda's right here, right now, right? Um, you know. We have Tish James, yes. right, the Attorney General. Yes, we do. Right, in the, they always talk about three men in the room, yes. right? The Governor, the Speaker, and the Majority Leader. Now, the, the, now of the three men in the room, two of them are black and one of them is a woman. Yes, right? and so that's very, very exciting. Yes, people also don't know in the state of New York. We have the largest delegation of black women legislators in any legislature in the country. In the country. In the history of the country. Right. So there are more black women now in decision-making um, positions than any time, any place, on a state level, in any, in any state. Mm-hmm. And that's a very exciting place. I think that the state is going to do well uh, from that position. We have to encourage that and keep you know, wor- you know, working towards just providing the things that our, that our state and the people in our state need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very exciting time, and we're looking for even more. More uh, opportunities um, for everybody in, in in terms of leadership in the state. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a totally geek moment for me. <laughs> I spent four years working for the New York State Senate. I spent I spent those four years getting to know legislators like yourself and the work that you're doing. So to come full circle and to be able to interview someone who's just been working hard for New York and I've seen it for years, um, it's just such a blessing. I'm so Thanks happy me. that you gave it. me the opportunity to sit down with you. Um, I know this weekend is just live and it's just so many things going on. I know you're busy, so this was awesome. Um, So how can my listeners find out more about you? I know you have a page through the New York State Senate, but is there any way? Yeah, yeah, you can catch me on, uh, you have a web page, of course, but I'm on every social media. So I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on IG, I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm even on Snapchat, believe it or not. I don't really snap that much. (laughs) Um, You know, I literally got more to say than 15 seconds going to allow me, but um, yeah, but IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, you, you know, Twitter, you can always, you know, I'm a, I'm a Twitter warrior. Yes. So if, if people want to find me, I'm usually at Senator Parker or Senator Kevin Parker, okay. almost all of those things. Okay. If you inbox me, um, you know, don't be trying to slide in my DMs, but if you inbox <laughs> me, um, most of the time I will, I will reply myself and um, love to connect and love to find ways for us to partner together. And I hope to be in Buffalo soon. I usually come out to the, the grassroots dinner and oh, sometimes yeah, to the great. crystal ball. So, right. um, you know, love Buffalo and I'll see you guys there. Yes, and we'd love to have you. Um, you're definitely a regular, so mm-hmm. we're probably not going to treat you like a guest That's at this fine. point. That's fine. You might be able to put me on to some places to go yeah. in Buffalo. So, <laughs> listen, I'm excited to hear that. So, you know, folks, you know the spiel. This is Citizen the Pod. It's the Surge 2020. I'm encouraging you to get engaged, be a part of the process. If we can send 100,000 men and women to war, we can send 100,000 men and women to the polls. So thank you so much. I no, appreciate this. We were live on location um, at the National, well, not the National, New York State Asian, Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic Legislative Conference Weekend, Albany, New York, 2019. This is your host signing out. Thank you so much for listening.
What's up, citizens, voters, patriots? It's your girl, Kina Zantel. And if you want to know more about me and the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kina Zantel. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Kina Zantel. And hit subscribe on all the podcast platforms that you're listening to the show on.